Welcome back to Dorks on Sports podcast about four dorks talking about sports. The Seahawks had a bye week. We had a bye week. Curtis, it's great to see your face. How are you doing over there? I'm doing well. Yeah, are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm on about four hours of sleep because I stayed I mean, up like an your idiot. Madden, your Madden play. team is doing well. Yeah, well, you know, my Seahawks aren't winning, so I've blown the whole damn thing up and uh i'm in the, i'm in the 2022 season right now and i'm killing how, it how, how they do because i've adopted the west season. coast spread up here in the seattle to fit russell wilson and i've gotten them at a defensive line that can like get to the quarterback so they're scoring and they're sacking it's Jody fun. allen if you're listening curtis is available to i've, to I've got ideas head coach. <laughs> billy how are you doing over there I'm doing just fine. Thank you for yeah. asking. I, I I always have to know how's the how's the how are the fantasy teams doing? Oh hey, thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, dynasty team continues to dominate. Uh, nice. I've still only lost one game all season, and once again had the high score for the week. So feeling real good about that. I am, however, pretty sure that I'm now officially out of any sort of playoff contention in my uh, Folger fantasy league. Uh, which just really hurts my heart as a three-time champion. And Ooh. in our, you know, usual smack talk section, um, it's weird. I'm not used to being like on the bottom for this long. And neither it, the Seahawks, right? I'm very much. I, I understand because I say things like, "Maybe this is the week I snap my six-game losing streak," and <laughs> crickets. Like when you're bragging and you're trash talking, people are, you know, all about it. But when you're like, yeah. Hey guys, maybe this is my week. And there's just nothing. There's no, there's no response. There's no, somebody put me down, but yeah, nobody else is building me point. up. I'm, yeah. I'm posting my own memes about myself and <laughs> you know, like magic eight ball prediction, yeah. you know, not so outlook, not so good. And no one's laughing. And I'm just like, Oh, come on. Yeah, no. Nobody even I'm, cares about my losing. And, it's and so bad that nobody hard. cares. And so I, I, so with the new week, with seventeen weeks, what what are the implications of that in a fantasy football schedule? Um, I think, it, you know, really, it just drives everything over one more week because of the most fantasy, so fantasy schedules, you finish next week early. Yeah. Most fantasy schedules don't go to the final week, um, right. partially because um, so sometimes many, people players are sitting and stuff. Yeah. yeah so usually most fan, fantasy championships championships are the week before the final week. So I think mm -hmm. that's basically all that happened. Um, in both of my leagues is things just got pushed an extra week. Just like but I, and, and in one of my leagues, we have two divisions and in the dynasty league, we don't do divisions. So there's, I mean, there's differences between the two, but you know, when you're in 12th place and you've only won two <laughs> games yeah. at this point in the season, kind of doesn't matter pretty much done. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'll just root on my, my longtime folks who've been there and, uh, watch where once again the newest owner magically makes it <laughs> really far <laughs> it's it's a strange league that way but they're great people and i really enjoy playing with them so it's i'm i love that league i'm sad well, to be in the bottom but i love that yeah. league. but at least you got a winning one alana how are you doing over there you know the, i would refer to uh this year as um or this day as 
meeting apocalypse 2021. <laughs> I've had I've had six meetings today and they're all very long. <laughs> and we're just another in a line, a long, a long and, line of scheduled meetings. Yes, but this one, I mean, I get to talk at all of them and and be audacious. And this one I can be audacious and fun. So, well, you know, <laughs> right. it's a yeah. win-win for everybody. <laughs> Good. Uh, you know who didn't win? The Seahawks. <laughs> so <laughs> we're coming out of the bye week. We got some new juice. Russell Wilson's coming back. We got some new energy. We're ready to go into the second half of this season and push for that playoff spot. And we come out and we get shut out for the first time in the Russell Wilson era. <laughs> <laughs> and to yes! make matters worse, we have to watch Aaron Rodgers' stupid fucking smirk oh on TV. God, it was just, and the cameras were just like, I mean, they were just waiting for it. I swear hard. to God, there is not another team in the NFL, that dude doesn't want to beat more than the Seattle Seahawks. He has it out for Russell Wilson in the worst way. I think it goes clear back to when Russell was playing for Wisconsin and everybody in that state was loving that dude because, you know, he was lighting the nation on fire with his efficiency and everything. And yeah yeah i mean yeah it wasn't even a good game for aaron Rodgers. i think that's what hurts even no he was totally not he was it was a very it it was a great opportunity to beat aaron Rodgers. he was was a supreme opportunity so this leads me to my first question millie i'm gonna ask the question that i think the national media is afraid to ask would geno smith have given the seahawks a better chance to win that game 100 percent 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to think so too. It's not a knock on Russell. Um, I think some of it was maybe some shaking off some rust from just being out of the game schedule and stuff like that for whatever it was, four weeks, five weeks, how long was he out? Uh, I think that finger was bothering him. And, um, and I, I don't think the cold weather in green Bay, um, helped that. No, and we got shut out. So I feel like that is a real indicator. I mean, when you say, you know, could Gino have done different? It's not like, you know, would he have gotten three touchdowns instead of two and won the game? It's would he, if he was in the game, would we have been more conservative, which is what I said, Mm -hmm. go to the group chat Mm -hmm. multiple times, take the points. You take, take those points. field goals. That yeah. first, ah, oh, that yeah. first. And why are we, why are we chasing the these? Taking. Yeah. And, and why, why are we chasing the long passes? On a defense that is asking us to run. Like that was the thing. <laughs> That's we the ran thing 10 times. They else. sent out a defense that was like, go ahead and run. And then, but Russell's not taking snaps under center. Russell isn't handing off the ball because he's worried about his finger. They ran 10 times. Like, yeah. it's and, and look at, what are the plays that are actually working against this defense the are run. the, 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 the run and, uh, and the throws to the tight ends. Yeah. And we do that like two times. And then we keep chasing the long plays with DK and Tyler. It was the most frustrating thing I have ever felt. I think in a Pete Carroll game, 
Um, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think Gino would have given us uh, a better chance. I, it would have been low scoring. He would have at least kept that offense on the field a little bit longer so that, you know, the defense, um, the only reason Green Bay even got 17 points is because the offense kept coughing the ball back up to uh -huh. Green Bay. Uh, it was frustrating. Uh, but so the, the, you know, the other question uh, going into this game was uh, the defense in the past few weeks had looked much improved. Of course, the asterisk and caveat to that is that the offenses they had been playing weren't the most potent in the NFL. So this was the first real challenge. This is Aaron Rodgers playing. He's playing good ball this year. Green Bay has a great offense uh, and the defense went in um, and held them to 17 points. Alana, what did you see? Oh, I just saw a defense that was playing together as a team. And then yeah. uh, they were, they had each other's back. Uh, I thought it was Jamal Adams, probably his best game in Seattle. Um, uh, like, it was funny. I was listening to um, 710 over the week. And uh, I think Stacy was, not Stacy. I'm thinking of Jake and Stacy. Whoever it is that's on at 10 o'clock uh, was talking about how he, she thought that uh, Jamal Adams was going to pick off Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you, Stacy Ross. Um, not Jake and State, but the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, or no, it is Jake and State. God, I'm I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> so she was saying that he, he, you're not going to believe this, and then everybody was like, "No," and he's like, "I I think no, don't say it." No, I think Jamal Adams is going to pick off uh, Aaron Rodgers in the end zone. Don't say it. And that that's exactly what happened. So it was it was fun to see that. Uh, the But it, it was, in a lot of ways, a replay of that Tennessee game where we we did see some defensive, solid defensive work at the start of the game. But because in the second half of that game and then in the whole game in this Green Bay game, our offense couldn't stay on the field, the yeah. defense just got worn down. And I yeah. think yeah. that, to me, you know, not seeing the run game happen at all um, that was a clear indication of how Pete ball is supposed to work, right? You run and then the defense doesn't get gassed and right. you stay on the field and the defense doesn't get gassed so they can make big plays at the end of the game or throughout. It's like, game. it's not even like the defense even getting gassed. It's that when you give them that much minutes in possession, they yeah. just have that much more opportunity to do something. Well, like we just I, I mean, keep but they giving were the ball back to them. Both of their touchdowns were running plays from their backup. Yeah. Their yes. Dylan. It, it wasn't even um, Aaron Jones. Like, <laughs> right. It was their backup. I mean, and, and he's a good running back. Don't get me wrong. But like, and they Trapped were in the second Bobby half. Wagner into the end zone on that yeah. second one. That, that was embarrassing. And, artist, and they yeah, were all, and, and most of his runs in the second half were him getting like barreled by like four players and still getting an additional four or five yards. So yeah. they were tired. They were gassed. They mm -hmm. were not tackling a regular sized running back. Yeah. And so, and it was because they were on the field so much. So like, you know, we've been talking a lot about how Waldron needs to command the offense. And I still agree with that, but you can kind of see a little bit of what Pete's saying when he's saying we need to run the ball more. It's because he wants to keep the offense on the field so that the defense doesn't get totally tired by the end of the game. Right. Yeah, so. I 100% I, I agree with yeah. that. I think a lot of that also goes back to the fact that we keep chasing these 
long bombs instead of just taking what the defense has given us. I, you know, if, if we check down, uh, you know, to Gerald Everett for six yards, then we can run on second down. You right. know what I mean? Like, Which he was doing at times. I mean, Russ, when the two drives that got us into the red zone, um, you know, Russ was going up tempo. He was mixing it up. There was a good, you know, there was a good flow between run and pass. Um, yeah. It seemed like he was creative you know, play calling when he got us that win down in San Francisco, Russ had that command mm-hmm. of the up-tempo offense and they were heading in that direction. It's just, you know, it was that stupid flea flicker play that got blown out and snuffed yeah. out. And then he got sacked, I think the very next play. And so that was a wasted opportunity. And the other time they did it, God, I think was it was it at the start of the second half or something, but they got that was when he threw the pick as he was going for DK in the end zone, and that was just Russ making a really bad decision. That was just a stupid. You know, decision. I think I think that I was pretty hard on Russ, you know, in my blog piece the next day, and I pretty much put the entire blame on him. But as I started to listen to you know uh, Mike Holmgren's observations on um kgr 950 on monday morning like he was really kind of calling out play calling and saying Mm -hmm. that like you know um he wasn't seeing anything from waldron that was dialing up uh enough short passes i Uh, i didn't either i I completely agree i don't so where i would sit there and watch the game and i'm thinking this is this is russ chasing deep plays i'm now sort of thinking like is this just another year much like last year where there's just no identity with this offense? Like this there, offense well, doesn't know what it's doing. This you is know, my biggest criticism of this offense is that it's so Jekyll and Hyde. Like there are moments we have these drives where it does have an identity and everything is clicking and you're like, yes, like that is how the offense can operate. And if it was consistent like that, yeah. <laughs> you know, every time we had the ball, we could be winning a lot of games, but we only get like two or three drives of those kinds of plays uh, a game. And then the rest of the time, it's just kind of like floundering around. It, it, it feels like they're just kind of making it up as they go along. And I don't, and I don't know where that's coming from. Is that uh, I actually got a theory on this. Um, the the theory I think is, is that, is that the Waldron hiring was a compromise between what Pete Pete Carroll's vision and what his, you know, preferred way of going about the offense is featuring the run game and, um, and, uh, and Russell's preferences of going up tempo and, um, you know, having more creative play designs, uh, in the passing game. I think what Russ really probably wanted more of was more out of the 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 Andy Reid style of the oh that's one hundred percent wide open offense. I I don't think that fits Carroll's aesthetic, and so you know this this compromise, which which sounds great, and I was excited about it. Like oh, this should make both of them happy. Maybe compromise isn't. <laughs> 
yeah is, is, is kind of it's it's kind of let us down sort of a, a a dark sort of dead end road where like they just again this just sort of feels like you know that this offense is the result of you know is, is almost kind of a, like a child in between two separating parents <laughs> I, I agree. You know, getting and, pulled and, in two different directions. I just that was just sort of my thought I was going with today. Yeah, I but. think so too. And and I, I tend to think Waldron wants to go more up tempo, Russell's preferred. I think I think when, Schottenheimer wanted to do it last year too. And I can yeah. almost guarantee that Bevel a few years ago, I mean, back in 2015 when Russell was tearing it up after Jimmy yeah. Graham went down and and you know and all this talk about russell not being able to throw over the middle of the field well what hasn't russell had for the last few years he hasn't had jimmy graham he hasn't had doug baldwin guess what doug baldwin was he was like the right. premier slot receiver in the league yeah. russ yeah. doesn't have that that's why he was wanting odell beckham jr this year that's yeah. why he wanted antonio brown last year yeah. you know russ is asking for things that this team just isn't you know, for whatever reasons, you know, isn't, isn't delivering for him. And so it's just, it's this really weird in between place. I think they're on offensively. It'll be interesting to see how they can figure it out. Well, I don't know. And now we, you know, we got a, a, another big game coming up next week and uh, they kind of have to take what they learned from green Bay and pull that into uh, uh, Arizona. So Alana, what are our chances? What do you think? Is is Murray back? I'm not 100% sh- certain right now. Okay. I don't think that's been determined yet. I yeah. think it's that's totally day-to-day. Yeah. I mean, they did just lose to um, who was it? I, I'm blanking. Uh, they beat up on him pretty good. I think it was the uh... not, the, not the Saints. Um, Oh God. Well, they did just lose Carolina. Yeah. Carolina Carolina whipped them up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which will be a nice transition later to talk about other things, but uh, I think we got to, I mean, like eternal optimist here, right? I think that, I think this, this game showed to Wilson what he can and cannot do. Right. I think that he is, and maybe over the week he'll, he'll figure out how to do the, some of the things he wanted to do, but, but couldn't. Um, I remain an optimist. I think we're going to win. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't, I think that we're getting uh, an Arizona team without JJ Watt, without a 100% Kyler Murray. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Like, even if Kyler Murray plays, he's going to be hobbled. And right. that's kind of like his whole game. Um, right. So I, I think even if Kyler plays, we got a, a decent shot. Yeah. Do I think the offense is going to be fixed? No. Um, but I think it's going to be like 20 to 13. Yeah. I well, um, just, just so you know what I'm reading right now is um, they're expecting him to play. Okay. So it is. it has started to lean toward him actually playing, which is good. But um, he's definitely hobbled. Is Hopkins and- playing? Well, now I have to go look that up. So oh, talk I'm about sorry. something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, 
putting up zero points is a first for this offense. And in this offense, even though um, it lacks an identity and can get stymied for long periods of a game, can still put up some points. Uh, I mean, you know, like, like this offense can score some points. Um, so I, I tend to, th- I, I'm, I'm, I'm also an eternal optimist, but I also look at the statistics that this season has been giving us. And so far that green Bay game is an anomaly. Um, and I think we can expect something a little closer to what that offense had been doing you know, prior. I mean, even with Geno Smith, the offense was, was putting up some points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. What do you think, Millie? Well, First of all, no idea with Hopkins. Okay. There's, there's a, it's really up in the air, according to my uh, sources, who will remain unnamed. Um, but what's interesting Google. in looking at my sources uh, when I read about Murray and Hopkins is how much credit they're now giving to the Seahawks for their ability to defend passing touchdowns. Mm. So um, they've really, in it, over the last five weeks, they've really proven that that is a place that other teams aren't going to win is with passing touchdowns. So that's a that's big deal. And yeah, that's that something I think deal. to be Andre to excited about. I think we all have seen, you know, our first few episodes, we talked a lot about how frustrating and disappointing this defense was. And now they every week have improved to the point that they're the most exciting thing about this team. Yeah. Um, I think with the Cardinals, it is really going to come down to who's the quarterback um, yeah. going into this. Their, their, their running game is, is uneven and also a bit of an unknown, uh, which also makes it hard to defend and we're not great against the run. So, or screens. Yeah. Or- I mean, this is just really hard. Um, Colt McCoy is also not a hundred percent. So we have an opportunity to win this game Sadly, a lot of that opportunity comes from um, a hobbled team. But, Which, like, I'll, I'll take. Okay. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, we took out a slightly hobbled Aaron Rodgers, and we could have put him under. You, you know, know, once again, we managed to take out a major threat from a team, which, you know, also did hurt my fantasy team, the uh, exit of, of uh, Aaron Jones, uh, who is out for at least a couple weeks. And we always, we often seem to eliminate a threat and still aren't able to capitalize on that. that. Not that I think that's a good thing because I don't ever wish harm um, or injury on other players. But when you look at your statistics and realize you've taken out a big threat at some point in the game, you you really have to factor that in as to the upside of that. And we still can't manage to capitalize. Like that's another big red flag to me. Huge red flag. But well, this is I mean, be an interesting game, and there's just so many unknowns. I don't know what's going to happen. Even though Seattle's only won three games so far, um, we're still in the playoff hunt. Right. Uh, <laughs> we're not yeah. out of it. We're not out of it, and we still got a pretty good shot. Uh, you know, if you look at averages and statistics. Oh, and thank you, like San that. Francisco. I know. My question to you, Curtis, mm. is it is it realistic? Is it is it realistic? Is, do you see a playoff caliber team? No, not right now. No, I think they'll be very extremely fortunate if they get to eight wins. 
Um, I think that they can be interesting towards the end. Uh, you know what? It's they've 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 had uh, things go wrong for them that uh, almost right from the get go with the Eskridge being out. I think he was going to be yeah. the slot receiver that was yeah. going to do all the fancy motion stuff. Yeah. Um, Carson, you know, uh, is just you know he's a big physical guy made of glass. I don't. Even he's always good I'm for being out like half the season. Point, not anticipating he's gonna be back at all. It yeah. just feels weird. It has that weird sort of vibe to it. Um, you know, and then they for the first time ever, Russ was out for like a month. And you know, that was a <clears throat> the Green Bay thing. I'm just gonna call that a mulligan straight up. You know, yeah. that was uh I saw that as I was I would have preferred Russ to just not playing that game just because I would have preferred to see him have a little bit more of a soft landing with an opponent. I think Arizona at home would have been a better place to start him. Um, I get it that it's hard to say no to Russ. And I think Pete probably like looked at Gino and just like, yeah, Gino throws some nice, you know, tight spirals, but you know, he can't evade press pressure and, you know, he doesn't have that sort of, you know, he just doesn't have that kind of moxie magic that Russell does. That which you even saw I, Russ in that Green Bay game picking up some first downs with his yeah, feet. Yeah, you know, he's a playmaker. Stuff. That's what he yeah. is. He's one of the best playmakers in the league. So I get why you know they made the decision to go with him. But I'm gonna say that you know that's that's that that's a that's that's a that's 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 an away. Uh, field that russ has never had success in and he's played a lot of games there and they've always looked fairly ugly for him um and that was when he was healthy and the other thing is is you know i think waldron is still figuring out how to use russ you know yeah. i mean when he was designing you know pass plays for jared goth he you know goth isn't a great quarterback but he's six foot four and he sees over the center over the middle of the field and a lot of those passes would go to those areas so i just think like like waldron's trying to figure out how to appease russ how to appease pete how to <laughs> you know coach you know a quarterback that is as unique as russ is you know and you know they did zoom meetings for the off season in the mini camps as opposed to meet i mean McVeigh and 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 Shanahan were doing live practices when yeah. you know when Russ and the rest of you know all the whole entire team was just doing walkthroughs on Zoom and so yeah. that's kind of silly in retrospect and I just I feel like long story short no I don't think it's going to be a playoff season I think they're going to win this weekend I do I, I think all I, right so give me a score. I, I think I I think that I think that the Russ is going to have a bounce back game, and um, I think they're catching Arizona at the right time. I'm going to say Seattle's going to win twenty eight twenty three. All right, Alana, give me a score. Oh, I already said twenty to thirteen. Twenty to thirteen. Seattle. Millie, Millie, who do you got? Well, I'm writing it down for the dork board. Who do I got? Man, I. I just don't know enough about what's going to happen in this game. Um, like any of us. <laughs> yeah, but usually, okay, look, usually I feel like I've got a feeling, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, for the record, 
Curtis and I chose them to lose last week. So yay for us. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh man, I, I just, I, I just don't see it. I think the Cardinals win. I think it's a low scoring game. I'm going to call it 13, 10. All right. I, uh, mm. I, I do think, uh, I have a good feeling about this one. Uh, I do. I think the, the Seahawks are going to go in and steal one. Uh, I'm going to say it is 24, 17 Seahawks. I love your all's optimism and I hope you're right. It's the only thing I got. All right. Well, you know, there were a lot of really fun stuff that happened around the NFL. Uh, uh, my favorite was the 49ers stealing one from the Rams. That was nice. And again, we have Stafford playing like uh, like like Stafford. Yeah. I don't know when the media is going to finally give up on this one. They, they, they still really want him to win that MVP. But boy, oh boy, uh, he, he's not looking great right now obj did nothing to give him anything in fact uh it looked like you know he ran a wrong route to cause one of those interceptions um yeah but that was really fun to watch uh I, you know tampa losing to washington was also kind of fun to watch <laughs> I, I just want to call out um, the fact that I feel really, really, really bad for Detroit, where they might oh. actually not lose every game this year, but still go 0-16 because of the extra game. And that would be the third time that they have 16 losses in a single season. Like, it's, uh, it's bad. I, it's so I, what bad. are they going to do? It's like what? this. Well, this, and this, I loved, I actually really like Dan Campbell. Like he's, he's amusing. <laughs> he's so hilarious. He's like, we're going to bite their kneecaps or whatever. The yeah, that was that awesome. Was a fun was game awesome. to watch. I mean, so many times it's like, yes. Oh, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And then. You just have to imagine, like, as a Lions fan, watching that kicker shank that ball by, like, 100 yards. Like, that is just the most demoralizing thing to watch. If that's, that's one of those moments where you're like, well, I could make that miss. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And Goff, I mean, like, it makes you want to root for Goff, even though he's terrible. <laughs> oh, that old, that old you know, I've, I've, I've never had it out for Goff. I just I I don't think he's a particularly good quarterback, um, but you know I sort of feel like you know he's not uh, yeah he's just in a bad situation. I mean he's, he's in the situation, situation that like Stafford was desperate to leave. <laughs> but <laughs> also it was like, the Steelers, <laughs> so it was like of all the teams were just like yes, I want the Lions. <laughs> Oh. Beat the Steelers. Do it, do it, do it. And oh my they God. just couldn't. And it just hurt. It hurt. Just right in the heart. But it was fun to watch, as was that 49ers game, I have to say. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't ever root for the 49ers. I'll never, I'll never in my, under any circumstance of root for the 49ers. But if they're gonna trounce a team, 
<laughs> Listen, <laughs> that's I won't the team I don't mind seeing them trounce. <laughs> I won't root for the 49ers. I will 100% I, root against the Rams. I am absolutely rooting for chaos to happen. <laughs> oh, when yeah. my te- I know my yeah. team's out of it. Like, there's just <laughs> right, not right. a realistic chance. Now I just want to see the NFL burn. I, I want the only thing I, the, 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 I'm just going to say quickly the Rams, the Rams traded their whole entire draft. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to go in this year, and this and, is it. And, yeah, for like old dudes, and <laughs> right, right. I want to see a Rams free fall, like just like like just lose out. <laughs> the primary things I want right now is for Green Bay not to make the Super Bowl, for Tennessee yeah. or Buffalo to make the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I like those two teams. I like Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. and like then uh, you know, and then then for. Tampa Bay and the Rams to fall apart. Uh, the, both the wheels are coming off both their wagons. Yeah, and it's, and it's like, to watch. oh god, they're just so so good. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll say to the chaos thing too. I I hadn't caught many of these uh, this year or last year for that matter, but I always enjoyed the comedian segments on the Fox broadcast before the football starts on Sunday, whatever their Fox, you know, Sunday. Yeah. Football. Is that Rob Riggle now? It's not. It's not no, Rob it's Riggle not. anymore. Um, and I can't think of what his name is, but it's a new guy. And he's he's I've only seen a couple because I don't catch that broadcast very often, but I did catch it this week. And uh it's worth uh finding because it's very funny, and it's basically him with a puppet who is very much a Muppet, um, discussing what the word parody means <laughs> defining the word parody and what parody means this season in the nfl which it's the chaos of it right is this this any given sunday and the parody that has happened this season um but he's a rams fan and uh he and the puppet just have a really glorious moment towards the end that i know all of you dorks would super appreciate because we all love our puppets and muppets um <laughs> But uh, that one's worth checking out. I can't think of the comedian's name, but it's uh, the NFL Fox Sunday broadcast. Yeah. Well, the the other surprise we had this week was uh, Cam Newton returning back to his home team in Carolina and um, putting up some points and pulling out a win. Millie, you wanted to talk a little bit about that. I got to say, I I really enjoyed the return of Cam Newton. Um, If for no other reason... Then uh, Mama Meckler, who is not a football fan, who does not do football, but who lives in North Carolina, she loves Cam Newton. (laughs) My mom could care less about football, but when the Carolina Panthers were going to the Super Bowl, she was watching. And it was that thing, you know, it's that bandwagon thing that happens in any city or state where all of a sudden everyone just gets really swept up in it. And for me, it was so fun, mostly when my mom got really excited about Cam Newton and she loved everything about him. She loved the style and the swagger and the way he talked big. And of course, being a Seahawks fan, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, no. But, (laughs) you know, if you can remove yourself a little bit, it's like, yeah, he is, he's fun because when he is winning, um, you can appreciate all of that swagger. And I had a moment with him a few years ago because I did feel like he really walked that line for me of 
being uh, too big for his britches is the best way I can explain that. Um, yeah, the Super Bowl. And then yeah. he yeah. had uh, his his car accident, <clears throat> and there was suddenly this very different, very human um, change that I noticed mm-hmm. in Cam Newton. And while it may have hurt his physical ability a little bit in the game, I think uh, it changed his personality in a small way that I really noticed and made me like and appreciate Cam Newton more. And I was a little, I was sad to see him sort of fall out and the excitement he had to come back to Carolina yeah, and be with those people and be with those fans and then to have him come in and I had said, you know, they're just going to bring him in on a drive, like maybe five yards from the end zone. And he's just going to run it in. Cause I mean, what other place is he going to know three days on this team or whatever it was. And it's exactly what happened. And it just made my heart so happy. And then they did it again and he threw a touchdown. I mean, he created all these new records for, you know, uh, first game as a you know, to yeah, these, the the touchdowns and your first pass is a touchdown. Your first run is a touchdown. Um, but his love of playing and playing for that city and those fans was just palpable, and I loved every minute of it. And I hope I did too. I love a good redemption life. story. Um, he looked like he was having the time of his life. Like it looked like he was having fun again. Um, I know he got flagged for it. Um, but I didn't mind the penalty when he popped that helmet off and screamed, I'm back. Like that was awesome. That, that was, was awesome. awesome. I'd take awesome. the penalty. Yeah. And that's so just, much that's, better that's, that's than good. I own you. I own you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'll take it. that over an Aaron Rodgers smirk any day of the week. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I wish him the best. Uh, I think, you know, he deserves it. And, um, and so does that city. So I think that's really fun. Um, I'd like to move on into some dorking. Let's I'll start. It out. We're going to dork some out. I don't, I don't have a lot. I want to talk about the thing I want to dork out about is two TV shows. I've been waiting all year for. Oh yeah. Are premiering this week. And we got Cowboy Bebop, the live action Cowboy Bebop on Netflix is dropping on the 19th. And Amazon Prime has the epic uh, Wheel of Time series that uh, that is coming in. I was a huge, huge Wheel of Time fan in the 90s. That was like the the high fantasy I cut my teeth on as a 13 year old kid. Um, and um, I have no expectations for this TV show. I think that the TV show, as it should, is going to take a lot of liberties. That book is just giant in scope and and gets very meandering at, at times and is very dated in terms of its gender politics. And I'm hoping a lot of that gets cleaned up. Um, uh, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So we got some dorky stuff for me that's coming out. Cowboy Bebop looks great and I'm super excited for it. Uh, Alana, uh, so give me something I add One more to next weekend, or two more bits yeah. to next weekend, then two more yeah. that I'm actively or have actively involved or uh, enjoyed. Uh, also coming out next weekend is season two of The Great on Hulu. If you didn't see season season one, uh, it was phenomenal. It was hilarious. It was the only. It was a costume drama for people who don't like costume dramas. I would encourage <laughs> oh, you to take a drink of whatever you have in a glass cup, throw it on the ground and say, huzzah, because that is a common <laughs> theme throughout it. 
Um, and it's <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, I highly recommend the first season. Uh, Beth and I, it's among our most anticipated season series of the year. Um, also coming out this weekend is Tick Tick Boom. Uh, I've heard very good things about it. Yes, and right. It is filled with theater cameos. Uh, That's what I hear. Yeah, including Bradley Whitford playing Stephen Sondheim. Um, which to me, it's just like, oh God, that's hilarious and yeah. great. Um, so there's all that. Um, I wanted to, I just wanted to mention two things that I have seen. One of which is The Harder They Fall, which is a Western that is populated entire by, entirely by Black actors. Um, uh, is that with the one with Idris Elba and Lakeith Idris Stanfield? Elba, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Regina King and Zazie Beetz and it looks Lakeith terrific. Stanfield and um jonathan majors uh among others dion cole uh uh delroy lindo um it is clear that they had so it's such an audaciously filmed movie it's you know like all those standard western tropes like where you've got the long shadows or you've got the two men standing off at, on opposite sides of the main mm-hmm. sides of the main street in town and you do like a slow zoom in. They do all that. He does all Love those it. poses. He holds on to that and he does it in such a large, audacious way. And the story is essentially Kill Bill and fuck Quentin Tarantino. But this, the way they told the story in this, um, in this narrative was perfect. Uh, and it was just so entertaining and such a full world. And when they engage with the white world, they walk into a town. Every building is just alabaster white. They go into a bank and it's just <laughs> alabaster white. Everyone is just standing in the bank. They're not engaging with one another. They are so white. These people are just so, so, so white. And these black people walk in. And it's 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 such well-done commentary in those moments. Uh, but it was it was a really enjoyable movie. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, very fun, but also meaningful. Uh, and I also, I just want to interject that I enjoyed that the, at the very beginning of that, it it says, you know, this is not a true story, but these people absolutely existed. Right. And mm. that mm. was just a great way to start it off. Like, by the way, this is real in the way that all Westerns are real and based yeah. in fact. Absolutely. And then the other one that I want I wanted to shout out is We're Here on HBO Max. Um, it is a Beth referred to it as a spinoff of, of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't think <laughs> of it that way. I don't like drag. I'm not interested in that as an art form very much. I have always found Bob the Drag Queen to be amusing and entertaining. Um, and uh, they are one of the hosts of the show alongside Shangela and Eureka. Um, I forgot their last name, but it is a story about three drag queens who go into a small city and they um, put on a drag show with members of that community who are who fit various roles. So like one episode, uh, the episode that turned me on to it was filmed in Evansville, Indiana, and which is where I went to college. Uh, and it, it is a town that I know the attitude of very well. Um, there's a reason I didn't come out while I was in college and it's because I was in Evansville, Indiana, but they pull in a pastor who has a pansexual daughter who is interested in learning more and being more engaged with, uh, the LGBTQ community as an ally. It is, um, a, 
uh, a lesbian couple who has been fighting for uh, queer rights for the entirety of their marriage. Uh, and they are deciding to get married on stage. And it is a, uh, a Tunisian expat who is who accepted a scholarship to the first college that he got into, which is the University of Evansville, where I went to college. Um, and he is gay and cannot go back to his country and has claimed mm -hmm. asylum in the United States. And they get them all together and they put on a drag show. That's and fantastic. I fucking wept like four times. And then we watched <laughs> an additional three, two or three episodes. And I wept through all of those because it is designed to make you cry. It is so heartwarming. They go to places, they go to Twin Falls, Idaho. They go to a place in South Dakota, places in South Carolina, they go all over the country in these small communities and love just it. and just like bring the love and the drag and it's oh, it's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, there you go. Check it out. Uh, I think I might. Curtis, what do you got? I've been watching a lot of football and playing Madden. <laughs> <laughs> but I did I did stream through a show uh, with my family. So I, I've got family entertainment to provide the, uh, the listeners and viewers. Um, <laughs> Doogie Kame Aloha MD on the Disney Plus channel oh, uh, yes. is, 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 is a great reinvention of the classic 1990 he has her md show um uh the uh and, and it does sort of a play i mean it's sort of yeah as if you if if you were a modest fan of that television show that iconic television show and you got the disney plus uh uh don't be geeked out that like someone's trying to reinvent the wheel for this uh polynesian girl uh she's fantastic in this i mean the 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 casting of this gal i mean from the very first episode you buy into the teenager angst and then when she goes into full-on like md mode uh you know she's just she's she's just quick yeah. Does she keep a blog or is it like a, a Yeah, blog? yeah, at the end of the, she does this online blog thing where she's yeah. talking it's almost kind of like a TikTok type thing. That's uh, yeah. It's yeah, got uh, it's got one of my favorite 90s actors in it. Uh it's got uh Jason Scott Lee's in it. Um uh it's got uh uh, uh my friend uh Ray, y'all know Ray. Uh he uh a local actor guy. Um loves to do the comedy uh he turned me on to this asian american actor uh david shang uh our comic um he's on there um he's funny as fuck on a kid's show on a family show um and he's a really good actor um i thoroughly enjoyed it henry my three-year-old enjoyed it uh I was actually, I think it's the first thing I've sat down and watched with the three of us here where it's just like, it just grabbed everyone's attention. Um, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Curtis's review for a family show on Disney Plus, funny as fuck. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it was funny <laughs> as fuck, but it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Millie, what do you got for us? Well, 
Um, I actually just um, consumed way too quickly uh, season two of the Nancy Drew reboot uh-huh. when I discovered that it is on HBO Max, uh, my new uh, pastime. And <laughs> I stumbled on the first season when it first aired and uh, ended up setting my DVR to catch it every week because it's a CW show. So it's not... Um, it's it's not easily on demand. Uh, yeah. There's only so many episodes that they'll keep on cable. Right. And there's so many episodes they'll keep on CW. So you kind of have to stay on top of it. Uh, and I did when it first came out. And I just loved the first season. It was such a great modern reboot. And this blending of the traditional, you know, Nancy Drew, she's going to solve the crimes. Um and bringing in sort of a supernatural element and questioning if that's real and then just totally going yeah no it's real and that's actually what our show is and in in a way that really works and I just just I was like oh man by the time I realized season two had rolled out it was too far along I never got to watch it and then I discovered it was on HBO Max and um just tore through it didn't mean to it just kind of happened uh (laughs) as happens with things that you binge. And I guess season three is airing right now. I went and checked and darn it, if they aren't uh, on season two or uh, episode two of season three. So I like missed my window. I'll have to wait for season three to come on HBO Max. But um, I, I just think it's good. You know, it is, it's, it's, it's a bit of a tween uh, young adult drama, but at the same time, it, it hits me in all the right places. And, and I really like it. And then I would say the other thing is I just started his dark materials and I don't know how I feel about it. I never read those books, but these first couple episodes are rough. So if you want to tell me to stop, tell me to stop. Yeah, stop. I haven't... <laughs> it's, it doesn't like, it doesn't capture the spirit of the books. It doesn't go anywhere. Uh, the acting is mediocre and the world is not well uh, filled out. It's really, it's really dark. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm the books like, are dark. The books, I mean, okay. The books are basically like, hey, kids, there's no God. Did you know that? Uh-oh. Like, that's the entire theme of the, the series. Oof. Um, okay. And I'm fine with that. Like, go for it. Like, work your thing, queen. But uh, there's just the magic to the books that is completely okay. lost in the series. So, lucky for I, me, there's Wheel of Time. Which I know nothing about, so I'm excited about. And the Expanse. We didn't mention the, which oh, the Expanse, the new season of the Expanse. Yes, yeah. And the return of Star Trek Discovery. And the return of Star Trek Discovery, which I'm also a giant fan of and very much looking forward to. Um, yeah. Oh man, lots to dork out over in the next. Oh, there are so many shows right now out coming out. And then, meanwhile, I'm dorking out about Succession, but that's for another yeah. podcast. Um, <laughs> I just uh, I just caught the uh, the brand new uh, trailer, uh, the official trailer for Spider Man No Way Home, and uh-huh. um, I did fist pumps. Yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just think I Spider Man <laughs> is my guy. Like fully. I love and I can rather than dork multiverse. <laughs> rather than having a theme song we need to record that and just have it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah there you go i like it all right 
KJ Wright was Spider-Man. I miss KJ Wright. Why didn't they sign KJ Wright? Because <laughs> God is dead and no one cares. Uh, go check out Curtis's blog, 12life.com. It's, uh, it's great stuff. Um, and then we're here every Wednesday, uh, except last Wednesday, but we're here every Wednesday. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere you want to get your podcast. You can find us there. Um, and tell your friends. Uh, once again, my name is Daniel for Alana, Curtis, Millie, and the rest of the Twelves saying goodbye and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Let Russ cook. <laughs>